Well, how many of you are excited about receiving the Word of God this morning? You know, uh, I always get excited about the Word. You know, there's something about the Word of God. I learned it very early in my Christian life that there's something about the Word of God that is like, you know, no other book. You know, you can find a lot of good books. I'm reading a good book at the moment and I'm sort of saying I can't put it down. But the Bible, I went further than that. I got it in my heart, you know. And that, that word just dropped down into my heart. And of course, it's, you know, with me all the time that way. And, you know, um, a, few, a few years ago, uh, through prayer, we, we as a church uh, and as a prayer group began to receive the revelation from the Lord that as a church, our purpose was to... Re- to raise mature sons and daughters. And we, we got that. That was confirmed to us in a couple of different ways. And it was just a, a way of framing what we do as a local church. Why do we gather? Why do we do what we do? Why do we come together and do communion? You know, you can find scriptural reasons for all those things. But, you know, that our purpose, and it's written on the sign, we're a church with a purpose. You can, you can read that out there. It's one of our slogans. But our purpose uh, is very clearly to raise mature sons and daughters. And, um, you know, as we prayed, as we recognised, that meant connecting people uh, with God's heart, the Father's heart. And that as God's people did that, they would gain his heart, his perspectives, and most importantly, see as he sees. Have his, you know, uh, focal view of how things really are. How How many of you know that's a good view to have? To see things as God sees things. Some of my ask in practice, what does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, if we get around mature sons and daughters, we know they're going to be speaking God's word. That's going to be how they speak, how they communicate, what's on their heart, what's on their mind, what's in their thoughts. Um, yeah, they're going to be found uh, saying God's word. Uh, deeply devoted, not, not, to, not to just what God has said, but what he's also saying. You'll find that in mature sons and daughters. They're into now words from heaven. Their prayer is not just praying the the word of God that they know. It's actually receiving also what God is saying. Now words. And um, mature sons and daughters will always be recognized by their connection to the word of God and particularly God's heart. Can I get an amen this morning? I know you're taking in, I can see that right across there. You're taking that in, it's so good. You see, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we'll find out what's in your heart by what's coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Can I get an amen on that? And sometimes some of that's not real good, you know. (laughs) So, but we'll find out what's actually coming, you know, what's in your heart based on what you're saying. Well, you know, we want to be a people that get around the Word of God and start speaking the Word of God and saying that. If the Word of God is not in there, it's not going to come out. So we need to be a people of the Word. And as we've just been singing, we need to be a people of the Spirit as well and uh, how, how essential that is. Uh, John the Baptist was asked uh, by the religious leaders of the day and they were looking for some credentials. They wanted to see his certificate. They wanted to see, you know, what you know, how come he was doing all these baptisms and they wanted to find out one. So they sent a little delegation to him and they they said, what do you say of yourself? Uh, Who are you? You know, Um, and John the Baptist answers and uh, quite a good answer. I like it. It's in John chapter 1 and verse 22. And it says this. And then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? 
And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Beautiful. He gave an answer from the word of God. And here's the point. John the Baptist found in the word of God what the word of God said about him. And we need, to approach the, <laughs> we need to approach the word of God exactly the same way. We need to find out what the word of God says about us. And you know what? Even better, say that. Be saying that, you know. Make that your uh, constant communication. When we get a hold of that truth and stick with it, we will find a different spiritual momentum. It changes. It all changes. Mature sons and daughters are committed to it. And uh, our view of our own lives should be through a faith lens. Okay? Uh, this uh, week, I have, um, I have the unpleasant uh, experience of having a uh, cataract surgery on this eye. I had that one done in February, and it took nearly all year to get right. But um, uh, this one's being done uh, this week, and so they'll, uh, they'll take away the... They'll do some, some surgery on the eye and have my eyes sort of sticking up really open and, and all those things. And, uh, and, and, of course, a lot of local anaesthetic, so you don't feel it, but they'll just slip the side of the eye and they'll put a new lens in there. And uh, it's amazing. It's all done and you come out looking like a pirate. And, uh, <laughs> and after a little while, you can take that off and, you know, you, you uh, lose all your pirate jokes. And, um, and your, your vision's changed because you've got a new lens. And, and you know... Faith, which comes by hearing, gives us new vision, a new lens. Amen? And, and that lens, and understand that, it's not done by surgery, it's done by hearing the word of God and making a good commitment to it, a, 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 a fresh commitment to it. And, um, and we, 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 will see ourselves, uh, we, we will see ourselves either uh, based on how we feel today the problem we're facing, the adversity, the impossibility, the defeat of you, uh, or we'll see ourselves based on what God's word says about us. And the people that are finding that spiritual momentum are the ones that are actually taking that word, putting into their life, making it a practice of hearing and doing God's word and speaking God's word, and that's what changes your momentum, you see, in the midst of it. And we all go, whether you're in the word or not, you're still going to face difficulties and circumstances. But the difference is the word of God will take you through it and get you to the other side. Amen? To the place of victory. What we must do is make that quality decision that we're going to live by faith. So, and, and so often it comes after um, receiving Jesus as your saviour, recognising what he did for us on the cross when he paid the penalty for our sin. You know, I was three years into my life as a Christian when in 1986, I was saved in 1983, when in 1986 I made that further commitment to live by faith. So I was already saved, saved by faith, but then I had to commit to live by faith. Get that? Yeah. Saved by grace through faith, but then I had to make that further commitment. I'm going to live by faith. Yeah. And how does faith come? By hearing. And hearing by the? Word of God, you know that. So, you know, the Lord showed me that in making that further commitment, it was like stepping through a door. He showed me in a vision, it was like stepping through this door that had, you know, like in Matrix, all this light shining out of it and showed me in this vision that everything would change once I walked through there. That was exactly what happened. 
And um, I, I look back on that, uh, uh, that, that commitment. I remember the circumstances in which it happened, you know, and I was, I'd started to give myself to the word in a new and a fresh way, and it was becoming really powerful. A faith lens is a new perspective. Seeing as God sees, we begin to see who we've become in Christ. We begin to take on that identity. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And you start to walk in that newness. And I'm glad we're having a baptism today because a baptism gives us that further opportunity to, to, to um, uh, through that ordinance of baptism, you know, that picture of going under the water is like a burial and we come up out of the water as a new person. And it's a picture of what happens in Christ. You know, we, we do it when we're, well, you know, that's what happens in Christ with the first, the first moment that we receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But when you take that step into uh, a living by faith, it's like you've done, you're, doing, you know, you're doing that newness of life thing all again. And I encourage you, uh, make that step, take that step, take on this lens. It's the new perspective that we see as God sees. We begin to see who we become in Christ. It's a biblical concept. It's called identification. When we begin to see who we become in Christ, it's called, it's actually, you know, a name for it. You can look it up. You can Google it. It's called Christian identification. And you really begin to see who you've become in Christ. And uh, we are indeed new creatures. The angels of heaven know this lens. They definitely see through the lens of God's word. They understand how it works. Stay with me here. The battle that goes on in the second heaven is the battle that's going on in the world for God's will to be done. Okay? That battle that's going on in the second heaven where all the, you know, the, the enemies out there floating around trying to do things and trying to orchestrate this and do this, it's all about the will of God being done or not. His will being done in the earth. It's all about that battle. And this is why we see in the parable of the sower that Satan comes immediately to take away the seed that was sown. See, the enemy knows, Satan knows that the faith view will cause us always to overcome. He sees us doing the word, he's failed. Even if we haven't got the answer right now, if he sees us doing the word, he knows he's already lost it. Because he knows that faith will always bring the victory. You see. As we do the word, as we keep doing the word, as we stick with it. Mark, um, Mark chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, catch this, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Mm. Ooh. Why is that? Because he wants the word. He's got to take the word away. Jesus goes out into the wilderness for 40, 40 days and 40 nights. What does the enemy come and do? Doesn't just, you know, throw rocks at him or, you know, say nasty things. He comes and questions the word of God to Jesus himself, who is the word made flesh. I would have given up myself, you know, pretty well. If I was, you know, in that position and I was the enemy, I would have given up thinking, well, hang on, he is the word, you know. But he tries it on, you know. So why does Satan do that? Because he is a fallen angel. In essence, Satan is just a fallen angel, Lucifer, with a new name. And he knows how the kingdom of God operates through God's word. So God sends, you know, the angel of the Lord to Gideon in the time of Judges. 
you know, we can pick up the story some 40 years after Israel gains a victory over the Canaanites and under the leadership of Deborah. And, um, and Israel has now done evil, so 40 years later after that victory, they've now done evil in the sight of the Lord, and it opens the door to the enemy. You've got to watch out for evil because it has a capacity to open the door to the enemy. Okay, even today in the Christian kingdom, uh, evil will open the door to the enemy. The enemy can come in because evil's been allowed. And in this case, the enemy is now the Midianite nation who were plundering their crops. So Israel sows and the Midianites come and harvest. That's kind of how it's working out. So uh, I don't know about you, but if I sow, I want, I want the harvest. I want the enemy to come and get my harvest. So the people cry out in prayer and the Lord answers their prayer. He's always ready to answer our prayers when we cry out to him in a time of trouble, even if it's us who have committed the evil who show us what it is that we need to do to shut that door again. Okay? This is a little bit, of, a little bit further insight. He shows us what we need to do. And of course, notice that for the victory over the enemy to be gained, the Lord does go looking for someone that will hear his word and will do his word. You know, it's, it's always the same. The way maker is looking for a word keeper, okay? The way maker. We sing the song, but understand what he's looking for is a word keeper. And of course, 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Good word. Someone who will receive and take on a faith lens. Someone who will see their circumstances and the world around them on the basis of what God has said and also that now word, what he's saying. You know, uh, we recently had Pastor Margaret here and some of you would have uh, received uh, from that great gift and, and anointing that she moves in and operates in and... Uh, and, of course, uh, I've enjoyed uh, Pastor Margaret's uh, friendship and ministry for, I don't know, probably 30 or more years now. And, uh, and you know, it always amazes me just, just how, she walk, how she walks and, and uh, based on the gifts and anointings on her life. And, and uh, it's always a blessing to, to get around it and receive from it. And I always do. Uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, talking about how, you know, some people end up on the, uh, on the ground after, uh, you know, her having laid hands on them. And I say, well, I don't in, mostly don't even need her to lay hands on me. I usually end up on the ground before she even puts a paw on me, you know. And uh, I love that bit, you know, because I just know there's something authentic about that anointing that flows. And, uh, but, you know, uh, one of the things I've seen... Um, uh, uh, in Pastor Margaret's life is, is that she, she receives now words and, and they're at a level where it's no longer just for her and her family. It's no longer just for her and her church and, and maybe the movement of Victory Life International. Those words that she receives from heaven are for the nation, you know, and it's just encouraging to see her uh, finding uh, those avenues where she can start speaking to nations. She's just saying uh, uh, she's going off into uh, uh, Singapore, and, uh, you know, she's going to get another opportunity to speak into a nation and say what God is saying. And uh, it's so, so powerful. 
Uh, and I've seen it even in my own uh, ministry, uh, praying with her, uh, praying in Zoom meetings uh, during COVID. Uh, the Lord would give me visions about how he uses her to speak into the nation of Australia. And uh, you say, well, uh, was that a media conference or something like that where she gets, her, you know, the mics and all the media stations speak? No, it, it's when she gets into her prayer life. You know, and just start speaking, and it's like it goes across the nation. It's powerful, powerful uh, word that's been given to her and, uh, and platform. You know, uh, Judges chapter 6, we follow along. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in uh, Oprah, uh, which belonged to Joash the Abysrite. And while his son, uh, son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, uh, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I'm sorry. Did I miss something there? I thought he was hiding. You know. What did, what did, what did the angel of the Lord uh, say to him? The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. You know. You've got to get the picture here. Gideon is in the wine press. He's hiding from the Midianites. He is there in fear, not in faith. He's hiding from the enemy. He's doing the, you know, this job in his own strength, if you like. And the word of the Lord is calling things that are not as though they were. He's calling him not so much based on the fact that he's hiding right now, but what's going to happen. That's how God deals with us, you know. He'll come and speak his word to us when we're not even there yet. But, you know, that word is true. And all we have to do is hang on to it. And guess what it's going to do? It's going to get us to the other side. God comes and speaks his word to us uh, when we're not there yet. God calls us all to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We know that from Ephesians. He says, not by power, not by might. God says, it's by my spirit. So you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do it in your own ability. And you might be good at doing it in your own ability. You might put a big dent in it doing it in your own ability. And, but you, <laughs> you know what? You're not going to get the full victory until you start doing it in his strength. And that's so important to get this. So here is Gideon having an angelic visitation. And yet, like a lot of us, he is still talking the problem. And in Judges chapter 6, Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You know, um, when you read that verse, you realize that like many of us, you know, you get into a difficult situation and complaint comes. The reasoning comes. The why is this happening to me? Why doesn't God do something about it the way I'd like him to do about it, you know? I mean, you know, we have an answer. We have an answer to our own prayer, don't we? You know, we've got a need. We say, well, Lord, we just fill this need. But sometimes he finds a different way to meet our needs. And uh, our job is to pray. Our, our job is not to actually work out how he's going to answer. Amen? You know, when the Lord wants us to start talking the answer, we need to quickly move away from our questions on why is this happening to me? Our reasoning is, why is this not working? And shift over to the view that's his view, 
which is given to us through his word. And when we do that and start to speak what God wants us to speak, we'll soon be seeing through that lens of his, the lens of his word. You know, and the message of, you know, the message of the Lord, um, the message of the Lord to, to, uh, to, to Gideon is, is so very clear. And, um, you know, if, if we see this uh, the right way today, we'll, we'll recognise it's, it's up to us to understand and receive this message and actually apply it to our own lives. It's, you know, I'm with you and I've sent you. That's the thing we need to get a hold of. We see this when, when in Judges 6.14 he says, And then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. What might? What might is he talking about? It says it right there in the next sentence. Have I not sent you? That's his might. He has sent you. As Christians, we, you know, we, we are a little Christ, but, you know, we're called. We're sent. We're told to go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go in that might, that strength, that we've been sent. Yeah. Amen. And that, that's the truth that we certainly understand ourselves, Pastor uh, Rosemary and I. We're sent here to Broome, and so we knew there was an authority that we could move in. There was a strength that we could operate in that was based on the very fact that we were sent here. Just didn't come here for a job. Didn't come here, you know, for, for a, uh, you know, a, a change of uh, uh, climate, as you would, coming from down south. We didn't come here for those reasons. We came here because God called us to come here. And we recognise the calling and we came. So we came as sent ones and we go in this same might. And we look for that strength. We look for that might uh, that comes from being sent ones. Judges chapter 6 and verse 15, it says there, uh, So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is still full of excuses. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I'll be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Wow. What a good word. And through the angelic message, Gideon was encouraged to believe what God was saying to him, you know, about him to go and do exploits for God. And we have to see today that is the strength that comes from knowing him. If God be for me, who can be against me? Romans 8.31. And in Daniel 11.32, it says, Them that know their God will be strong and do exploits. You know, you've got to understand, you know, you, you may have come here for work, but that doesn't stop you from being a sent one. That doesn't stop you from walking in that same might, that same power, in what you feel God's calling you to do while you're here. Amen. And um, this is how the kingdom of God operates. It's our heavenly father's method of operation, speaking the end from the beginning. That's how it works. God speaks the end. He says, let there be light. From the very foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. Hang on a second. What do you mean? Well, before the foundation of the earth, the, the lamb, Jesus, was slain because God saw looked out and saw the flaw in mankind that would cause him to fall even before the earth was created. That'll boggle your mind, doesn't it? 
But that's what the verse says. It says, you know, lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. God saw it from the very beginning. Even before there was a creation, he saw that man would need man, the very centre of the universe, all right, the very centre of God's creation, would need a saviour. And it was in the minutes the lamb would be slain. I know, it boggles my mind every time I think about it. But that's what the verse says. And you know, through the lens of faith, we get to say what he says and get the same result. To speak the end result by his word. Calling things that are not as though they were. You know, Gideon. Now, if we'd have been there and said, Gideon, what are you hiding for? Come on, you're being weak, you know. We would have done that, but not God. God's way is to go up and say... Gideon, you mighty man of valour, you know, speaks the word right into his, into his life. You know, that, that word would have shifted him. That word would have just shooken him right up right there and then. I don't feel like it, but if you say so, you know, and then he would have started to say, hey, I'm a mighty man of valour, you know, started to change the way he was seeing his circumstances, and it had to because he got up, and if you read the rest of Gideon, it's a good bedtime story, if you read the rest of Gideon, they had a great victory in Israel through Gideon as one man. The Lord presents himself to Abram in the desert, and in his weakness, uh, his older age, in the, you know, the middle of his childness, childlessness and uh, the barrenness of, of um, Sarah's womb, he speaks the end result. Calls him the father of many nations. Abraham's going, who, me? How could that be, even in his old age? His God and his word, which overcomes every single circumstance. And God's speaking the word to him out there in the desert. You know, I... Um, I love this verse in Romans chapter 4, and we'll probably go here next week as well. Romans chapter 4, it says, verse 16, it says, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead, and get this last bit, calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You know, that's the power. He calls things that do not exist. The problem is, church, we spend so much time calling things as they are. Can I get a little amen this morning? You know, training our dog. Come here, you little, you know, you little rascal, you know. Uh, and it, but I've, we've just recently, of course, he, our, our dog's just turning, actually he does, he turns, he turns one year old tomorrow, our, uh, our little recent puppy. And uh, he wants to learn. He wants to learn how to do this. And we've started, you know, saying to him, well, you're an obedient little boy, you know. You're a good boy. Who's a good boy, you know? And... <laughs> And, you know, he's becoming a good boy all of a sudden, you know. Find that he's not digging holes. Oh, sorry, Greg and Jess, um, <laughs> digging holes in the backyard anymore to get something done about that. But, um, 
you know, he, he's, he's starting to respond to the different approach. And we're saying, we should start training him now, you know, and giving him little treats and little rewards. How many of you know that God's a rewarder, you know, of those who diligently seek him? He's a rewarder. God's into giving rewards as we start to walk out his word. He likes to bring blessing. Amen. So, you know, uh, you know if, if you're here this morning and, you know, you're in the habit of calling things as they are, it's time to make a change. Time to change what you're saying. Maybe it's time to start lining uh, your words up with God's word. I might ask the team to come. You know, it's... it's time to make the shift. It's time to renew the lens and see how God wants you to see things and call things that are, um, that are not as though they were. You know, when, you, when you're sick, you need to say, you're the healed. You know, this is how we take on that lens of faith. When you're facing impossibility, we begin to say uh, that with God, all things are possible. It's with the lens of faith we begin to see our lives through the lens of God's word. Amen? It's through, that, uh, uh, it's through our faith, that lens of faith. And we've got to take it on. We've got to take on that view or else we'll have another view. And you know, that the problem is with that having that other view is that other view gets in our mouth and in our heart as well. Someone comes up and said, how are you going today? And they go, oh, not very good. You know, it's, everything seems to be going wrong at the moment. And, uh, you know, and so it's complaint, the problem, the issue, the circumstance, and not the answer. And we need to shift that and change that, I believe. Why don't we all stand to our feet this morning? And um, you know, just before we close, I'd like to make an invitation for you to make a shift. Make a decision today that uh, some things are going to change. That, uh, you know you're going to start seeing things through that lens of faith. And I believe the Lord wants to, to uh, bless us this morning and seal those words. So, so let's, um, let's do that right now. Father, we, we come before you, Father, as a congregation today, Lord, and, and recognise that your word has been spoken. Your, your word has been settled for us, Lord, uh, in the heavens forever, Father. And that, Lord, we can speak your word. We can say what you say. We can be a people that are busy about um, the work of your kingdom by speaking and saying what you say. And, Lord, seeing the result of it. Seeing our lives through the lens of faith is so very, very important to us, Lord, today. And, Lord, we want you. We ask you today, Lord, that you would help us and show us and direct us and guide us, Lord, into speaking those words, saying what you say. Lord, we would even ask, Father, we wouldn't just be finding words to speak, that you would give us words to speak. Lord, that you would guide us and direct us by your Holy Spirit concerning your word, Father. And Lord, we, we, we take that time just to spend time with you, Lord, to have those quiet times where it's not us speaking and saying what we know, but listening for your voice, Lord, listening for what you're saying. And Lord, in that place, Lord, we know that there'll be victory. Lord, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we, we, we reach out for it, Father. And uh, even in this time now that we just uh, just close with a, with a couple of bars of that song, Lord God, that you would, uh, you would uh, uh, find that place, Lord, just to reassure us, Lord God, that you've heard our prayer today. And Lord, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.